Hello, and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King, here in the city of Chicago. I'm your host. Not joining us this week is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president no. of Mission USA. He's on special assignment in a place that's not 20 degrees. Woo! <laughs> but joining us here, because he cares about you, is Jed Brewer, the director of Mission mm. USA Productions. If anything I'm known for, it's my caring. Anything he cares too much. Also joining <laughs> us is one of the pastors of Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, Lee Younger. What's up, Lee? You didn't say anything about me caring about people. It, I think Take it goes without the saying. Hint. <laughs> well, I think when I think when people listen to this podcast regularly, they have no doubts that you care. I think yeah. people think Jed's a little on the fence, just yeah. about humanity in general. It, and in fairness, that's totally <laughs> true. Not wrong. It's a very for people who ha- kind of help people for a living. It's a pretty misanthropic organization <laughs> up here. <laughs> Well, we're going to do something a little different in this episode, and we'll explain that later on. But first of all, I do just want to say we do miss Glenn. We do. Miss his presence. We but We, we miss his musk. Uh, you're going to have to. Maybe you do. <laughs> Things just aren't the same without him. When he gets back, we should get an apartment together. Nobody goes zero to creepy faster than Jed <laughs> that, folks. That devolved quickly, man. That really took a turn. And again... You people at home can either be rueful or thankful that you missed the facial expressions that went along with my voice. That's my burden to carry alone. You're welcome, King. Yeah, but one of the we do miss Glenn, but one of the things I'm going to admit I'm a little excited about here, because we're all about honesty on the Say That Podcast, sure. is Glenn likes to do the emergency bit, and he knows I don't like it, yeah. so he likes to wait until I'm about to do something and do the emergency thing and spin us off. And I'm I'm kind of excited for the first time in really over a year. I think we're gonna be able to get just straight to the straight to the meat of the heart of the matter here. Sure, I was just jump straight into the it. Counting Crows just, style Omaha. Sure. The heart that wow. matters more, so, Jed. It is. But wait a minute, Matt, I have an emergency. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I have an emergency. <laughs> is your emergency I was about to be happy? Yeah. <laughs> No, so you better turn your ticket in. The universe acknowledges that emergency a lot sometimes. And get your money back at the door. <laughs> Adam Durant <laughs> is a lyrical genius. I don't care what you think, Pitchfork. <laughs> I'd, I'd give it a 3.2 out of 10. <laughs> Tell us of your emergency. I have an actual emergency. Here's the thing. is uh, You know, one of the... One of the perks of living, you know, in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, just a, a nice little suburb of, of Knoxville, not a huge city or anything like that, just a nice little city. lovely glow that comes from the town is. of a light green. <laughs> Thank you. One of the nice things about living where we do is that we are literally hundreds and hundreds of miles away from our sworn podcast enemy, Joel Osteen. Yes. And... Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a, there's a good it's a good buffer, and we need that buffer. But you feel safe. Well, yeah, we 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 feel safe. We have a you know there's a there's enough theological dis- distance, you know, actual distance and theological distance that we can carry on as we normally would in in safety and security. Sure. So here's the thing: is this past weekend, Joel Osteen was. In Knoxville, no preaching way. It's some yeah, seriously, at some churches in Knoxville, doing like a, a preaching tour. I here have a in- guess what churches those were. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, dude. Is th- I mean, this is a frightening thing because w- we need the buffer. We need the hundreds of miles buffer between us and the Osteen. 
And all of a sudden, we find out he's showing up on our doorstep, basically in our zip code. I mean, we can okay. we can feel a disturbance in the force right there, being right here beside Knoxville. Dude, do you feel like this was him trying to send you a message? I don't know. I mean, he could have been sending me a message, but I'll tell you this. Whatever the deal was, it got more real. Uh, my wife, Christy, went to the grocery store here in our little town. Okay. And somebody stops her in the parking lot and tries to give her tickets to the Osteen preaching gig. Okay, it just got real. That's that's a, an aggressive act in any culture. It got mad. That tells real. us a couple of things. One, people are trying to give away tickets to Osteen gigs. <laughs> that's pretty sweet. And two, this person fell into a trap of misunderest of underestimating Lee's wife because this, this I believe Chrissy can take a fool out. When yeah. it's necessary. Well, yeah, I agree. There's, there's, there's absolutely no doubt about that, first of all. But here's the thing. I, it got me wondering, like, is everybody being targeted to, to be the recipient of, of Osteen tickets? Or did they know about her relation to the Say That podcast? Did, was she being singled out by futuristic cyborgs, uh, cyborg scalpers? I think, well, I just want to put this out here as a possibility. In, in true Godfather style... In the next few days, is it possible Lee will wake up and find a severed Osteen ticket sitting in the bed next to him? Sure. Look, I'm ready to go to the mattresses if that's what it needs to be. Well, the interesting thing about Osteen being in your ta- in Knoxville, other than the fact that, uh, as we were talking before we started, and Lee thought he was allowed to have cold weather gripes, which yeah. we informed him he's not. No. But uh, he was mentioning that's kind of an all-time, we're hitting some record low temperatures in the East Tennessee area. It hasn't been this cold in 10 years. As we've established in previous episodes, we believe that the source of the polar vortex is Joel Osteen's teeth. Yes. Putting off ice-like temperatures. So that that's a right. science fact. Absolutely right. That explains that. The other interesting thing is we mentioned that Glenn's not here. The reason he's not here for this recording is he is visiting some family in Houston, Texas. The same Osteen Houston, Central. Texas? Oh dun, dun, dun. I'm just saying, maybe somebody realized it was a good weekend to not be where they normally are. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> here's the thing. You guys hear Glenn on the show and you think, yeah, he's a little honorary, but he's cute and cuddly. Here's the thing. Glenn's a little gruff at the best of times, and when he spent four days with his family, yeah, it's not the time to be foolish around him. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about an all-time short fuse is what we're talking about. Are you saying, Matt King, that Joel Osteen fled Houston because he knew Fitzgerald was on his way. I'm saying Houston, Texas, the fourth largest city in America, was not big enough for the both of them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Can we, just to, just to put down the gauntlet, can we promote a prize fight match between Osteen and Fitzgerald? Winner take all. I don't know what winner is, to be taking because Osteen's all is a lot more than our all. <laughs> but is is it? <laughs> a, we put up the respective we, budgets of our organizations. <laughs> Jed's fine with that. Sure. Can we can we make the can we make the prize the uh, the sweet sweet podcast numbers as Glenn puts it? Only if he's not willing to put up the budgets the operating budgets of the respective organizations because I now really like that idea. Well, you know what? Since Fitz isn't here, I feel totally confident in his stead to declare anytime, anywhere, a preach-off Okay. between Osteen and Fitzgerald. Winner take, winner take all. I don't really know what that means, but winner take all. But here's the key thing. We've thrown down the gauntlet. Joel hasn't replied. Sure. What, what must that mean? 
What yeah, must you don't want to just don't just lurk in parking lots with your futuristic cyborg scalpers. Yeah, show up, man. Show up and 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 take this challenge on. We're ready. All right, let me let me throw this out here. Let me let me kick this up a notch. I like it, you know, the preach off thing. I think that's interesting, but I I, I want to go back to uh, the fight game for just a second. Okay, and propose Christian Celebrity Fight Club. Oh yes, I would pay money for that. <laughs> I would pay a lot of money to watch that. You gonna tell me pay per view numbers wouldn't be through the roof? Yeah. And here's the thing: a lot of people think oh, I'm gonna bet on Driscoll. It's a bad move. Yeah, very bad move. I've, he just yeah. doesn't have it in his eyes. He's. I'm just telling you, Mark Driscoll. I'm gonna put it out there glass jaw. <laughs> He's going to talk a big game. He's going to come out and take his hoodie off. And, you know, Francis Chan or your Matt Chan or somebody, as soon, somebody's going to land one shot and he's just going to crumble. Okay. He's fronting with the hoodie, man. I'm calling it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I think that's, I think it's, well, do we, do we want to Especially try? if the other person in the fight has a short haircut. It'll just kind of flip his, <laughs> flip his sensors. He won't know what to do. Well, now for the Osteen Fitzgerald Battle Royale. Do we want to go preach off, or do we want to do the the Fight Club? Well, there's a thing in Russia, which is just a fun thing to say anyway. Where have you heard of chess boxing? Mm-mm. It's literally a thing where they, it's two guys and they do a time you know you do the timed chess round. They do one of those and then do a full boxing round. <laughs> what? And you can thought, win. Well, first you of can all, win by checkmate or knockout. I thought you said chest boxing. As did I, and all I could think about was Vladimir Putin and all the shirts, uh, all the pictures he has with of him with his shirt off. That could be a thing too. But I'm talking about I'm talking about chess boxing, which is a real thing. Huh. They've only had like three matches because you can't find anyone who wants to do it. So what if we did like a one minute round of full on boxing? Okay, and then five minute sermon. See. Again, with Glenn not that. here, I'm happy to speak in his stead. Glenn is ready to do that today. I think yeah. I, I, I agree that Glenn will be the inevitable victor in this, but I think we may want to give him a little time to work on his cardio. <laughs> Hold on, though. <laughs> that goes for everyone because a minute full out, then he got to preach, and you can't do the, well, I think the thing about this question that really just give me a... Woo. Hold hold on though. There, there's one thing that we're underestimating about Glenn, which is, and, and our podcast listeners probably don't know this, that... Glenn has forgotten more things about kung fu movies than anyone else that listens to this podcast has ever known. It's altogether. true. It's true. He has watched more kung fu movies than most people listening to this podcast have breathed molecules of air. His kung fu is strong. There can be no doubt about that. I don't know if the uh, the one to one ratio between um, consuming kung fu movies and le- learning the skills involved there is. There's a lot of wire work in no, those dude, movies. No, dude, it's like it's the Matrix, like... man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the Matrix. It's like, now I know Kung Fu. That's the way it is with Glenn, man. It's just like that, bro. Why, why do you have to be a doubting Matt? Why you got to be a hater? Yeah. I'm going to have to throw a flag on anyone over the age of 17 <laughs> using the word hater. <laughs> and uh, I think we're just going to have to reel that back in. Don't yeah. hate the Kung Fu player, Matt King. Hate the Kung Fu game. Wow. <laughs> The other thing we're because I'm gonna move away from that quickly. The one thing we were the other thing we're musing on about this before the uh, the show started was uh, if Joel Osteen's we we're talking about apparently John Piper lives in Tennessee in Knoxville now the Greater Knoxville area at this point. Yeah, he actually moved down to Knoxville, Tennessee. That's true. So is it possible that Osteen was scouting out a place to go in a few years and that Knox the Greater Knoxville area will become the Del Boca Vista for retired megachurch pastors. <laughs> <laughs> 
The, the other thing that flashed. I'm picturing like shuffleboard with copies of no, Spurgeon dude. instead of the puck. I just pictured like I pictured hover rounds that have like a podium, like a like a a pulpit right on the front of them. Sure, 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 absolutely. They've all got the little uh, Britney Spears mic in at all times. It's not plugged in anything, <laughs> but they just have it. Ordering Jello. Well, we've we've. Put a Seinfeld reference on top of our Counting Crows reference, making this the best podcast of 1995. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think we're probably ready to move on, maybe, Lee? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm comfortable at this point uh, declaring emergency off. Osteen, Glenn, boxing preaching, I'm just saying. Dude. Think we can sell this idea. Oh, I'm all about it. I'm ready. I got the t-shirts already made up. You're like, you know, this is the NFL and seminaries could be like the NCAA. I, yeah. I just think there's, there's money to be made here. All right, real quick. It's mixed martial preaching. <laughs> we want to take a quick moment to talk to you about Bridgebox. Uh, we're gonna, what we're going to do this episode relates to this. I said we'll get to that in a minute. But every month you get songs, sermons, Bible studies, devotionals. Pretty cool folks around the world. Our friend Wendy sent us an email the other day about how she is using some Bridgebox Bible studies to lead a small group at her church. Woot. We got some folks doing that at Triple C, I know, and uh, some folks doing some Young Life stuff. It's a lot of cool ways people are using this stuff. So $8 a month, you get all that stuff, and all that money goes directly to support our ministry here in Chicago. That's missionusa.com slash Bridgebox. Or you can get the special Lee Younger branded version. Every month you get a new, brand new, fully produced worship song from Lee you get a behind-the-scenes video, and you get a lot of stuff that he has handpicked from previous Bridgebox material to yes. kind of uh, supplement what he's doing there. Also, $8 a month. Sign up at missionusa.com slash BBLY, or you can email me, Matt, at missionusa.com for the super-secret link to get both of them for only $12. Now, we're running a special this month, the month of February. If you sign up for either one of those, you will get our brand-new Heather Gray Say That Beanie. Oh, yeah. You're all getting polar vortexed on. We all need a little insulation. This is a handsome Heather Gray beanie with the yellow Say That logo on it. Mm-hmm. Looks cool, handmade. Somebody's hands made sure. it at some point. Um, the other way you can get that is by heading over to rabbitroom.com. Go to the store and buy a record from our friend Eric Peters. Yes. You will get awesome stuff. His music is great. It's um, it's encouraging. It's very deep. It's well-produced. It's awesome. You can check that out. You can get that at Rabbit Room or all of his, I don't think his newest EP that Jed actually helped him do some graphic design on, that's on the Rabbit Room. So you get a digital booklet of some stuff that Jed helped design, which is very cool. Woot. You will yes. also, that I don't think you can get that on iTunes yet, but you can get all his previous studio records on iTunes. So if you buy one of those, like our friend David has recently, and screenshot your uh, email proof of purchase or just it in your iTunes or whatever you want to do, email that to me, Matt at MissionUSA.com. We will get a beanie on the way to you as well. You know, Matt, that's such a good deal. I think it would be bad stewardship to not take advantage of it. Sure. I mean, I don't want to say that people are sinning if they don't, but I'm not not saying that. Absolutely. It's a fine line. Yeah, it's fine, fine line. Do you- You're going to want to pray about it. <laughs> Well played. <laughs> wow. Did you go to a seminar recently? <laughs> <laughs> Financial Guilt University. <laughs> All right. Nice. We're going to get into this week's show. Uh, what we're going to do is a little different. Uh, since Glenn's not here, we uh, didn't want to kind of do the whole thing with questions and not have Glenn's input. So we'll be back to our regularly scheduled nonsense next week. But right now what we're going to do is, as most of you probably know, Glenn... 
Glenn is not here, and I don't know why I mentioned him. He's just always in my heart, Jed. You know, there's so many creepy things I want to say. They actually collided in my brain and prevented themselves from coming out properly. <laughs> yeah, you had a creepy traffic jam? That's exactly you what I'm a, talking about. You had, like a, you had a creepy clot? Yes. Wow. All right. Lee and Jed are both songwriters and worship leaders. That's a big part of what they do in their day jobs. And uh, all, a lot of their stuff is found on Bridgebox. And um, I know that actually the, uh, the intro and outro music of this show, Lee wrote and Jed helped him produce. So you hear a yep. little bit of their stuff every week, but uh, we were thinking that if you just listen to the podcast and read the blogs, you may not really uh, have a very full picture of what their music's about. And, uh, you know, if you we want you to sign up for Bridgebox, and a big part of that is the music. So we wanted to give you a little taste of that. So what we're going to do is I had uh, Lee and Jed each pick a few songs that they've either written or kind of reworked and recorded. And we're just going to have them give you a little background of why they wrote it, what the point of it is, and then we're going to play the songs in their entirety. So we're just going to do that a little bit. So um, good time. And at some point, I'll try to throw the playlist of this up somewhere and where you can get these songs. But Lee, why don't you kick us off and tell us a little bit about your song? Absolutely. Uh, thanks, dude. So the first song that I wanted to talk about tonight is is a uh, it's a worship song that I wrote for uh, friends of mine who were locked up in the Anderson County Jail. Um, it was around Easter one year, and I was writing a, a, a song for our choir to sing at Easter that I could also use for guys in the Anderson County Jail. And, and my friend Tom, my, my pastor and boss, we were, uh, we were walking and praying about these guys, walking and praying, talking about Easter and talking about these guys. And what is it that, what is it that, we really want them to understand about Easter that that morning that you know that Easter Sunday morning that Jesus died on the cross on a Friday and then on a Sunday morning he rose from the grave and if we wanted to talk about with the, that with those guys and we wanted to give them a song to sing to always connect their hearts back to Easter and what it means what did we want to talk about and Tom mentioned a verse in uh, Psalm 46 that talks about God uh, rescuing them at the break of day and we were talking about how the thing about Easter that's so important, the thing that we wanted our, our guys in the jail to understand is that Easter changed everything. That after Jesus rose from the dead, nothing would ever be the same in the world again. That Jesus was God in the flesh who came to live a perfect life and and follow all the rules, every, every, like follow the rules to, to an extent that he lived out perfect righteousness. He lived in, in our place, the, the life that we should have lived. And then he died, laid his life down, dying the death that we should have died, taking our place. But the thing was that he didn't just stay dead in his grave. He actually got up out of the grave. He rose from the dead and set in motion the uh, the thing that changes everything that there now that there now there's eternal life now not only did he take my place and forgive me but now he gives me a, a a brand new shot at life a life with God that is starting now that will never ever end it's always just going to be getting closer and better the whole way and so um, the song that we put together it just talks it's basically just a song about the gospel message but in the chorus it just hits that truth that that because of Jesus is risen from the dead my life will never be the same and he's given me a brand new life awesome man thanks All right, so let's uh, let's go to that let's take a listen to uh, this is the actually the opening song on Lee's new album free this is at the break of day.
Well, we hope you enjoyed that. We've just been staring at each other in silence for four minutes. <laughs> it's true. Jed tried to get up and leave, but I wouldn't let him. It's true. Well, that's the, the kind of tight got, ship I run when, around here. <laughs> Matt, your uh, Matt, your dance moves in the interlude were really something special. Yeah, I can pop and lock. People don't know that about me. <laughs> All right, Jed. As soon as you stop laughing at that mental image, let's go to your first song. Absolutely. Well, you know, as Lee mentioned, um, you know, uh, we try and write songs to kind of help deal with specific problems people are having, you know, specific stuff they're struggling with. And, uh, you know, one of the things that it's true for, for all of us, Christians talk about, they use the phrase habitual sin. Um, and it's a big, scary concept, you know. Uh, and when they say it, what they mean is a sin that you just kind of can't stop doing. And you're, you're stuck in it and you, you kind of do it over and over and over again. The truth is that everybody is stuck in habitual sin. Because basically all sin is habitual. There aren't many people who are going along in their lives like, you know, I've never tried larceny. That that might be it. You know what? If if we're all up for it, let's Sounds like a lark. Let's go do that. Let's just try it out. I mean, the truth is that basically everything people struggle with is a habitual thing. It's something that they do over and over and over again. And the thing that I think a lot of us struggle with is trying to figure out how does God feel about us in the midst of uh, that repetition of doing the same wrong thing. So I tell you that to tell you this. When Jesus was talking about forgiveness, um, what he told people is that they should be willing to forgive their fellow man. If somebody did something wrong to them, they should be willing to forgive that person uh, seven times 70. Um, and, and I'll do the math for you real quick. That's 490 times, um, which is almost... 500 times someone that's the sound of a college degree folks that is the sound uh, um i'm an engineer uh but i want you to pause for a second and and think if someone did the same thing to you personally 500 times how would you feel about that and you know i think all of us here are human beings, well before we reach time number 489, we say, oh, that's about enough of that, dude. It's, you know, we, we just need to call it a day and you need to go be somewhere else. But the other thing that Jesus said about forgiveness is he said that our forgiveness should mirror God's. In other words, he's saying we should be prepared to show this crazy, impossible forgiveness because that's exactly the way God forgives us. That when we go to God on the 500th time of doing the exact same thing, he actually doesn't have a hard time forgiving us. It's not difficult for him. That's not a problem. And that's because of what Lee was mentioning before his song, because Jesus paid for all that. Jesus died on the cross so that we could be forgiven. But I think for a lot of us, we have a hard time wrapping our brains around, how could that be possible? You know, because I would run out of patience. I'd run out of patience with myself. And, and how, could, how could God not run out of patience with me, even though the Bible says that he will never run out of patience with me? So I wrote a song called Seven Times Seventy um, that's ex about that exact struggle. How, how can I trust that God really will keep on forgiving me, that he will keep on being patient with me? Um, and so I hope you like it. Listen seven times seventy. It's seven times seventy. I'd have packed up and left town. Cause by seven times seventy, you 
That was seven times seventy by Jed Lee. Let's go to your next song. Um, so the next song that I want to tell you guys about is called um, "As I Am." It's a it's a worship song that I wrote actually for the ministry of Young Life. Young Life is an outreach ministry um, where people are reaching out to lost high school students and uh, becoming their friends and and hopefully giving getting a chance to tell them about Jesus. And I've been a part of Young Life's ministry for gosh, I guess coming up on, well, I guess around 12 years now. And, um, and I, I love it. It's, it's a huge part of the ministry that I have with high school folks. And in Young Life Club, um, Young Life Club is, a, is basically a party we throw for high school kids. So we get together, we play game, you know, we play crazy games, do a bunch of skits and stuff like that. We sing songs off the radio that they know just to get them singing and just to get them comfortable in the room. And then right before someone gets, uh, one of the leaders stands up to give a talk about Jesus, we'll sing a couple of really, really simple worship songs, uh, songs that are not very churchy, not filled with church language. I was thinking specifically about this one girl that, that we met who, um, uh, w- one, of our, one of our girl leaders was reaching out to her and went to her house one day as they were going up the stairs onto the front porch of this girl's house. They had to walk through um, this girl's dad and her dad's friend, who were sitting on the front porch drinking, making fun of this girl, uh, calling her a loser, you know. Uh, 
And this girl had been in one bad relationship after another. And uh, my friend who was reaching out to her, you know, just asking her, why do you always wind up in these relationships that are so bad for you? And she just said, well, I'm trash. I don't deserve any better. Um, I, I'm, I'm just such a mess. I, I could never get any, any kind of relationship in this world except for a terrible one. And there are so many people who have been through things to where they, they see themselves that way, that God would never want me and nobody who's good or positive or anything like that would ever want me because I just don't deserve anything. I'm just a disaster. And uh, I was thinking about this girl, I was thinking about other kids in our Young Life Club, and I just started thinking about these lines about how Jesus loves us exactly the way that we are, um, that we don't have to clean things up to get to a place where Jesus wants to be close to us. We don't have to we don't have to stop doing all the bad things in our life to make Jesus want to be our friend. We don't have to we don't have to get this thing perfect or get it all lined out in order to in order to earn his love. In fact, there is no earning his love because he already loves us completely exactly as we are. So this is as I am. And this is the uh, featured worship song in this month's bridge box. This is as I am. And when I run, when I run from you so fast, from you so fast, when I'm ashamed, when I'm ashamed of all my past, of all my past you're seeking me with love that lasts, with love that lasts, you love me as I am. When all I feel. Lost in pain, and I don't know what I should pray. You tell me, do not be afraid. You love me as I am. There's no one like you.
called my name You called my name And when I got tired Of my own way Of my own way you loved me where I was And you loved me Jed, next up. Well, let's see. So this is a, another song you can check out on Bridgebox. This is a song called God Don't Let Me Quit. And uh, we work with a lot of folks that are coming out of addiction. They've been on you know, crack or heroin or, or some kind of substance for a long time. And, um, and they're in a process of recovery from that addiction. But it's really, really, really hard. Um, and... One of the things we talk about a lot in addiction recovery is the idea of taking things one day at a time. And you need to do that because uh, if you try and take it more than one day at a time, it, it won't work. You, you just, you'll, you'll give up. Addiction recovery is so hard that in order to make it through, you actually have to rely on a higher power, on something stronger than yourself and bigger than yourself. And for the guys we're working with, that higher power is Jesus. And what the Bible says is that in order to live the life that God is calling us to live, that our strength isn't enough to pull that off, and that our willpower and our gritted teeth actually won't get us through, that we need God's strength uh, in a supernatural way to, to fill us up and, and give us the gas to keep going. And as we're working with folks in recovery, they, they get that. Uh, you know, some, some folks, everybody needs God's strength, but it's easy sometimes for some folks to, to feel like they could make it on their own. Folks in addiction recovery know that they need God's strength. And so, uh, God Don't Let Me Quit is a song that I wrote for my friends that are coming off of, of heroin and, and coming off of crack cocaine um, as a prayer that they can use to remind themselves when, when things get hard. Um, I'm, it's not about my gritted teeth. It's not about my willpower. I need God's strength. Uh, in this moment. We, we had a gal that we are working with a number of years ago who was working a, a job actually for the first time in her life. She had never had just a regular, normal job before. And she had all of the, the normal um, you know, pressures and strains that go with that. She's working at a supermarket and you know, some days it was really good and some days it was uh, not very good at all. And what she would tell us is that when she would have those moments where she felt like quitting and felt like giving up and felt like going back to her old ways, she would just sing the song to herself. Um, and, and that would be the thing that would remind her that she needed God's strength and she'd ask God for that strength and she'd keep going. Um, so that's who it's for and what it's about, but it's actually for all of us because all of us need God's strength. So this is God Don't Let Me Quit. God so let me quit Jesus I don't have the strength unless you give me
song but the song is called redwood trees and the reason i wrote this song um my eight-year-old eight-year-old daughter nora is one of the most fun people that i've ever met in my entire life she's just vivacious just full of life full of fun laughs loud cries loud the whole thing and as we were getting to know nora and she was growing up she's you know two three years old and stuff um we kept hearing, you know, certain people would kind of say things about her like, oh man, she's just a classic, you know, middle child, you know, and, and I didn't like that. I didn't like how, uh, I didn't like how people were kind of like summing up my daughter by just taking like, you know, uh, we're just going to take psychological stereotypes and we're going to just, we're going to classify your kid like this. As her dad, I would listen to stuff like that and I would say, you know, I hope she never hears you say that. I hope she never hears you try to sum her up in one or two words because there's so much to her. Uh, Christy and I would watch this, watch this little girl and just be so amazed by the depth and the beauty of her personality and her spirit and her just her kindness and her affection. Just she's such a sweet kid. And yeah, she's full of life and she's and you know, she steps through the house and everybody hears it in the neighborhood. But like she is uh, she's amazing. And I wrote this song as a birthday present for Nora as a way to say, you know what, for the rest of your life, no matter what anybody says about you, no matter how anybody makes you feel when they try to pin you down and sum you up, 
I want you to know that your dad sees all of this depth and beauty, that this is the way your dad feels about you, that I love you and that I see all of it. And I celebrate everything about you, all the nuances of your character and your personality. And as I was writing it, I realized this is a song that I needed to hear myself. Um, it's a song that I think a lot of us need to hear because so many of us let, we let the words of other people define who we are. We let the way people talk about us and see us, we let that feed into our insecurities. We let that feed into our tendency towards depression or self-loathing and stuff like that. And the truth is that no matter what anybody says about you, no matter how much people try to pin you down or sum you up, uh, your father sees everything about you. He sees the depth and the 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 nuance of who you are, all the all the colors of of everything about your spirit and your personality. And not only that, but he sees everything that you will be. All right, this is a song for Nora Rose. This is Redwood Trees.
All right, Jed, let's go to your last song here. Okay, so um, uh, one more Bridgebox plug. This month, February's Bridgebox, we're looking at kind of how do you move past heartache and heartbreak, and, and when you know, you're know someone's broken up with you, you've broken up with somebody else, how do you move on past that? And um, this is a song that I wrote specifically for folks who are single and don't want to be. Uh, it's, a, it's a song called Such a Letdown. And uh, I, I think there's at least two kinds of heartbreak in this world. One is being in a relationship and it's not working uh, and, and you feel a sense of heartbreak off of that. But the other, um, and we have a lot of friends, which is true, are people where they want to be in a relationship and uh, for whatever reasons that's not happening. Um, and, and that is such a, a heartbreaking thing. And, and it's the kind of thing that wants to play games with your head and with your emotions and, and with the way that you see yourself and the way that you look at the world around you. And so um, this is a song that I wrote for my single friends that are, that are uh, having a rough time with that singleness. And um, if that's where you're at, I, I hope that, that you dig it. Um, and if you have a friend where that's where they're at, um, you know, pass along the link that Matt's going to supply. And, and I hope that they dig it, too. I know that you're waiting But you don't know what for I know that you're hating Being where you are Cause maybe you are wrong To want the Somebody's arm behind your head And it's such a land 
back next week with our normal question and answer format if you have a question for us say that podcast at gmail.com or the bridge i'm looking at the list here and uh f- i think four out of six of these songs have been featured on Bridgebox, and the other two probably will be at some point so uh every Bridgebox we don't talk about this enough uh features probably about six to eight songs they're original you can't get anywhere else it's everything from uh EDM to folk to uh, heavy metal to scripture memorization tracks. It's a lot of cool stuff, all made in-house either by uh, Lee and Jed or friends of ours who we respect and love their music. So it's a lot of good stuff, only $8 a month. Remember, missionusa.com slash bridgebox or missionusa.com slash BBLY. I've been delinquent in this the last couple times, but I want to mention some uh, folks who've left iTunes reviews for us. That's very helpful. If you have a quick few seconds to spare for the show, you can leave a rating and review. Helps us move up some charts and get seen by more folks. We've had reviews in the last month from Katie1246, ScooterJ20, and E King 2012 who I don't think is a relative of mine or an anonymous account I made to leave on my own <laughs> podcast, but... You never know. Uh, one last thing, if you enjoyed uh, this kind of thing with hearing some original music from us, we do this every week on a podcast called The Bridge Podcast. You can search that on iTunes. It's a uh, white logo with a gold pair of headphones. Um, I, we also promo it every Monday on our blog when it comes out. Every week you get two of our worship songs and a little 10-minute sermon or audio devotional from either Glenn or myself. It's a lot of fun. We put that out every week. So if you need a little extra encouragement or worship in your week, the Bridge Podcast. And we want to remember, uh, speaking of awesome music, you can download something from our friend Eric Peters, send me a proof of purchase, and get a Say That Beanie. All right, I'm going to cherry pick one more track from this month's Bridge Box to go out on. This is from our friends Brian and Clark down in Knoxville. Yeah. Lee helped him record it, and Jed mixed it. Uh, 
Uh, some great guys who are volunteer young life leaders in the area, and uh, they're students at the University of Tennessee. They put together a little duo called Southern Harmonic, and this is their version of an old hymn called I Surrender All. So enjoy yes. that. We will see you next week. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. All to Jesus I surrender all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily. Yeah.